Well, we've been looking at some how-to series on Thursday nights, uh, studying some different topics, uh, just practical things uh, in life. And this evening, I want to look at how to gain ground for God, how to gain ground for God. I don't think that I need to establish in the heart and minds of the people that are present here the fact that God wants us to gain ground. I think that's something that as a group here, we've got our Thursday night crowd. This is a group of people that are committed and and, uh, that uh, love God and want to just be all they can for God. There's certainly in your heart and mind the understanding that as Christians, we're to be ever growing. We're to be moving forward for him. It never has been, nor will it ever be, God's plan for saints to just exist, for saints to just kind of flounder, to just uh, you know, drift through life as, as, as though they were just adrift on an open sea. No, God has a plan for us, and he wants us to be headed a direction. He wants us to be moving forward for him, accomplishing something. We are to be gaining ground, always pressing on the upward way, new heights we're gaining every day. I hope that's your story, and you can say that. Let me ask you tonight, if you were honest before God, could you say that you're gaining ground Could you say tonight that you're growing spiritually, that your walk is stronger today than it was a few months ago? Could you say that your prayer life is expanding, that your devotion to God is deeper than it's ever been? I hope that as Christians, we realize we're supposed to be gaining. So tonight, we're going to talk about that idea of gaining ground. How do we as Christians continue to gain ground? Because you know as well as I do, there's times, there's seasons in our life where for one reason or another, we're not gaining ground. For one reason or another, we're held back. Well, we're going to look in the book of Joshua, chapter number 10, if you would turn in your Bibles there. Really, it is the entirety of the chapter where you see this story that God has instructed and told the people, his people, to go in and take Canaan land. We know that Canaan land is a picture. It's a picture. It represents that promise that God has given, that promised land that for us would be the abundant Christian life. God wants you and I to have and enjoy the abundant Christian life. But listen... Even though you were given the deed to that plot of land in Canaan at salvation, there's still some rivers to cross. There's there's still some squatters in the land. There's still some battles that got to be fought. Although the day of salvation, when you trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you were given the promise of that abundant life. You were given that standing on the brink of Jordan, as it were, with all the fulfillment of joy and success and, and, and victory that God wants you to have laying out before you. But you got to go take it. Amen. you got to go take it. So if we are going to continue to gain ground for God, I want you to see, first of all, that you need to set the objective. Look in Joshua chapter 10. We'll begin in verse number 6. 
It is the entirety of the chapter here, and you could read verses 1 uh, through 8 here. This first point really is, is all encompassed in, in those eight verses. But in verse number 6, he says, And the men of Gibeon sent to Joshua to, camp, to, to the camp to Gilgal, saying, Slack not thy hand from thy servant. Come up to us quickly and save us and help us. For all the kings of the Amorites that dwell in the mountains are gathered together against us. Now, this passage of Scripture, there's several things that are well known, and we'll get into those. But uh, if you know the story here, uh, they were coming into the land. They had come through and defeated Jericho. They had come through and they defeated Ai. They had, of course, the, the failure at Ai and then the victory at Ai. And then the Gibeonites, seeing how uh, God was granting and giving to them the victory after victory, they joined up with them. And uh, we're not going to get into the, the right and wrongs of that, but they joined up with them. Then all of the kings, the five kings that were in the region that they were approaching next, that mountainous region, those five kings joined up together. They said, man, I don't think any of us are going to be able to do this by ourselves. Let's gather together so that we can stand against this group. They called. But the men of Gibeon that had joined up with Joshua sent to Joshua and said, Hey, come on and help us quickly save us because all the kings of the Amorites that dwell in the mountains are gathered together against us. They said, There's something that we need some help with. There's a lot of opposition here. But I want you to understand they had a goal, they had a plan. One of the problems with Christians is that we have a Reuben and a Gad mentality. Do you remember Reuben and Gad? And actually that half-tribe of Manasseh, when they were going to go into the Canaan land, and, and Reuben and Gad said, hey, we like it here on this side of Jordan. It's pretty comfy right here. Uh, matter of fact, I mean, we're kind of liking this. We've got the Jordan River, and, and this ground is, is nice for our cattle, and, and uh, we would like to just stay here. And that's one of the hindrances to gaining ground for God is just getting content and and comfortable where you're at. Even though God has ground for you to gain and has something for you to accomplish, boy, I'll tell you what, you're never going to go after it if uh, you don't have a vision for what God wants and you just get comfortable and say, oh, I'm I'm good where I am. I'm, I'm fine here. I know that's what God wants, all of his glory, all of God's plan for your life, all the victory he wants you to experience. And, and if you don't go after it, I've read missionary stories, and, and I've read people that tell their story that we're supposed to be a missionary. And you hear them talk about this missionary went and accomplished this and this and this, and they saw God do this and this, and, and they sit back, and, and the person that never went says in their heart, I know that God had things like that for me. I could have seen that. I could have experienced that. I could have seen God do that in my life. But I was comfortable. I didn't want to go after that. Beloved, God had a plan, a purpose, a destiny for his people, and he wanted them to fulfill it. And it was on the other side of Jordan, but they decided to stay back. Instead of God's plan, they came up with their own plan. We need to set the objective You know, you got to have something to shoot at. You got to have a direction to go. Maybe tonight you need to set an objective and say, okay, 
I don't have a quiet time with God, so here's what I need to do. Maybe you need to set an objective and say, hey, I, I really don't have a study plan or a Bible reading plan. I don't have a, a, a pattern or something to follow. I've got nothing to shoot at. Just a general idea, boy, I want to be spiritual. That, that doesn't gain ground. You've got to say, how am I going to gain ground? Well, you need to set the objective. Say, hey, I'm going to read one chapter a day every day. I'm going to set the objective. And then when you accomplish that, you know you've gained ground. You say, well, I, I don't have a prayer list. Listen, we produce one here every Thursday night for you. You can take that home. Say, man, I can't pray for all that. You don't have to pray for it all in one sitting. Pray for one portion of it on Monday and one portion on Tuesday, one portion on Wednesday. Divide it up however you need to, but you, you've got a list right there. But you say, well, how am I going to get ground? Set the objective. Say, boy, I want to I improve my relationship in my home with my kids. Set an objective. Say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this book on parenting. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to learn how to, how to improve my skills as a parent. I mean, if I wanted to get better at working on cars, I'd watch YouTube. <laughs> I don't recommend that for training your kids. <laughs> don't watch YouTube for that. Jordan Peterson might have some good things in there, but he's got a lot of goofy stuff too. Okay, so, uh, you know, that's not where you want to get your child-rearing advice. Get it from the Word of God and men that have studied and preached and teach the Word of God. But, you know, set, a, set an objective. Have a plan. A, a place to go. Direction. If you look at the, those, you know, Gad and Reuben, if you remember why they stayed back, why they wanted to stay on that side of Jordan, you know, it was really, in our vernacular and today, you could say it's because of money. You, you read the passage back there, I think it's in Numbers, where they, they, they wanted to stay and they said, hey, we've got lots of cattle. We've got lots, of, God's been really good to us. He's blessed us. We've got lots of this, these stocks and livestock to feed and this, this land here is perfect for that. And boy, we would like to just stay here. And of course, Moses says, ultimately, well, you can stay, but you have to go over into the promised land and fight with your brethren to gain their land and then you can come back and stay here. But it's because of that, because of money, because of comforts. I wonder how many borderline Christians they've been brought out of Egypt but don't want to be brought up into Canaan land. They're just sitting on the border. They've yet to really experience the abundant Christian life because, yes, they've been saved. They've been brought out of Egypt, but they're sitting on the side of Jordan with all of God's promises and His fulfillment and plan for their life, and they never went and gained ground for Him. Here's what I want you to see from our text. That is, if you set an objective that is ordained of God, that pleases God, I want you to know that you can have peace in pursuing it. Look in verse number 8. He says, And the Lord said unto Joshua, Fear them not. He said, You don't have to be afraid of them. You don't have to fear these men. You can have peace in your heart as you pursue this objective because you know it's what I've told you to do. You know it's the direction that I've told you to go. Not only do they have peace from God, but they have a promise from God. In verse number 8 there he says, I have delivered them into thy hand. There shall not a man of them stand before thee. He says, I've delivered them unto you. 
You, you can go and pursue this and you can do it with peace in your heart and the promise of God behind you that this is what he wants for you to do and you can experience the abundant Christian life. God wants you to be gaining ground for him. He's gone before you. He's prepared the way. He's promised you. Thanks be unto God, which giveth what? Giveth us the victory. We have a promise from God that victory is ours as Christians. But we've got to pursue it. We've got to go after it. We've got to desire that gained ground. You say, boy, I sure would love to be used of God to lead somebody to Christ. Are you carrying gospel tracts? Have you set an objective? Have you have you prepared a, a, a plan? Have you said, boy, this is what I need to do in order to be a witness? Want to gain that ground for God? Whatever it is, set a plan in place that you can accomplish it. And how many of you know that as soon as you put a plan in place, that there's going to be some opposition? <laughs> so you've got to slay the opposition. You've got to slay the opposition. Verses 9 through 18 is where we see the opposition come on scene. And you make a decision for God and decide to start reading your Bible every morning. I'll tell you what, the first morning you're going to be sick as a dog and you can't even see straight. You, you get up and the second day, the, the boss is going to call and say, I need you in here two hours early. And you're like, man, I wanted to read my Bible, but no, two hours early is not going to get up at three in the morning. Oh, not going to work today. I mean, devil's going to do everything he can. That opposition is going to come. You start making a decision for God. Somebody says, boy, I want to start tithing, giving to God, honoring God with my finances. And I think that you ought to. But as soon as you do that, you're going to have a flat tire. Satan's going to cause the, the car to break down or the water heater to go up or, or something else. And you think, man, I was trying to do right. and Look what happened. Listen, you stay faithful with it and do what God wants. And you'll understand you can't outgive God. You'll understand he takes that 90% a lot further than the 100%. That's just a promise from God. You can move forward when you're trying to gain ground for God and it's the direction he wants you to go. You can go with peace in your heart and a promise from him that give and it shall be given unto you. You've got that promise. Amen? Amen. So we see in verse number nine that Joshua therefore came unto them suddenly and went up from Gilgal all night. He gathered his men and he came up and he went up from Gilgal and he went to pursue after them to, to slay these enemy. There's going to be some opposition to you having the full abundant life that God wants for you. And you'll never get it. You'll never gain ground until you start slaying that opposition. He came suddenly to them, but I want you to know that when you go to slay the opposition, that you go in God's power. You see, we need God's power to overcome this enemy. Satan's not going to give up that ground. Some people decide, well, you know what? I'm going to start going to church on Sunday night. Been going Sunday morning. I want to gain some work. I want to gain some ground for God. I used to take Sunday nights for myself, and I watched the ball games that during that time. But you know what? I'm going to take it away from myself. I'm going to gain this ground for God. They want to start coming on Sunday night, and Satan doesn't like that. He's not going to give up that ground. You're going to have some family member call you and say, why in the world are you doing that? Why are you going to church? On, I mean, do you think you're more spiritual than the rest of us? 
Do you think you're so, so godly? I mean, what, what do you, you're like, no, I'm more wicked. That's why I need Sunday night church. Amen. <laughs> That's why, I, you know, you, what I'm saying is Satan's not going to give up his ground without a fight. There's going to take some, some destroying, slaying the opposition. But I want you to know you have God's power. Look in our story here that God sends hail from heaven. In verse number 11, and it came to pass as they fled from before Israel and were in the going down to Bethron, that the Lord cast down great stones from heaven upon them and unto Hezekiah, and they died there with more which died with hailstones than they whom the children of Israel slew with the sword. More died, hey, you know God can do it better than we can. More died from God sending the hail than those that they had slain with the sword. When you go and gain ground for God and that opposition comes, listen, slay it in God's power. You can get victory. God wants you to give you victory. He did a most miraculous thing as well. He stopped the heavens that they might have light to continue the battle. I mean, this is an amazing story. You know, in verse number 13, he says, And the sun stood still and the moon stayed until the people had avenged themselves upon their enemies. Is not this written in the book of Jasher? So the sun stood still in the midst of the heavens and hasted not to go down about the whole day. I mean, Joshua just had faith in God. Nobody told him you couldn't ask God for big things. Joshua just said, Lord, we need some more time here. We're not going to be done with this. It's getting dark and we need some more time. What I'm saying is I don't know maybe many times the Bible says you have not because you ask not. Joshua just was convinced that he served a big God and God was capable. And he said, Lord, if you would, we need some more time here. And God caused the sun to stand still. In God's power, he was slaying those, that opposition. You and I want to gain ground for God in our Christian life, whatever area or aspect it is. You need to do it in God's power. Maybe you've got a besetting sin that has been controlling your life. God can give you the victory, not in yourself, but with God's power you can. We see that Joshua finds these men these kings, look down at verse number 16. In verse number 16, he says, But these five kings fled and hid themselves in a cave at Makeda. And it was told, Joshua saying, The five kings are found hid in a cave at Makeda. And Joshua said, Roll a great stone upon the mouth of the cave and set men by it for to keep them. I can't help but think about the stone that they rolled in front of a cave over in uh, the New Testament. <laughs> and that didn't do any good to keep, to keep Jesus. I mean, they put the stone there and they set a watch, but when Jesus was ready, he, he rose from the grave. But these men were, were put in a cave and Joshua says, oh, they're in there? Well, put some stones in front of there and keep them there till I get back. He says, we got a war to fight, we got a battle to finish, but we're going to come back here and I want these kings, we got to deal with these guys. There's something that's got to be done with them. These kings had hid themselves. They thought they'd be safe in this cave. But you know what? 
I look at this and think about it, that there's some, maybe some real strong things in our life. These would be some strong men. They were leaders of men. These strong men needed to be dealt with. And they hid themselves in a cave. Matthew 12, 29 says, How can one enter into a strong man's house and spoil his good, except first he bind the strong man? Listen, if you're going to gain ground for God, there's some strong men you need to bind. There's some strong men you need to take captive. There's some things in your life that have controlled you that you're allowing to rest in your heart. They found a cave somewhere back in there and you're letting it sit there thinking, oh, it'll be okay. I'll I'll get back to that another day. But you've got to deal with that. If you want to gain, I'm saying not just today, but continue to gain ground for God in your Christian life, there are some things that you're allowing to hang out or just to exist or to hide back in the caves of your heart somewhere that ultimately you need to deal with. You need to take control of them. You need to take them captive. Otherwise, every time you start gaining some ground, he's going to come out again. We want you to see, thirdly, that tonight, if you're going to gain ground for God, that you need to shed the offense. Verses 19 through 28, we see, look, if you would, at verse 22. For the sake of time, we're not reading every, every bit of these passages, the story here, but look in verse number 22. He says, Then said Joshua, Open the mouth of the cave, and bring out those five kings unto me out of the cave. And they did so, and brought forth those five kings unto him out of the cave, the king of Jerusalem, the king of Hebron, the king of Jarmath, the king of Lachish, the king of Eglon, And it came to pass, when they brought out those kings unto Joshua, that Joshua called for all the men of Israel and said unto the captains of the men of war, which went, went with him, Come near, put your feet upon the necks of these kings. And they came near, and they put their feet upon the necks of them. You see, Joshua had fought the battle. The men had won the battle. And they went back to deal with these strong men. These strong men need to be dealt with directly. And I want you to notice they were dealt with publicly. He called some men up and said, hey, you need to put your foot on the neck of this king. I want you to realize that God will do this to all your enemy. He said, know that God can do this. Christian, you can gain ground for God but you need to shed those things that are offending him. There are some things that are holding you back from really gaining ground for God. Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 1 says, Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which are so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. You see, 
there's some things that are offending God. Every, every sin. Every sin. It says set aside every sin. You're never going to gain ground for God or continue to gain ground unless you deal with these things. Unless you find those strong men that have set themselves in some corner of your heart and bring them out. You know, Proverbs 28, 13 says, He that covereth his sin shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh it shall have mercy. What I'm saying is to really get victory in your life with what this is dealing with, that idea of a besetting sin, I'm not saying you need to do it before the church, but you might need to do it before a good, strong brother or sister in Christ. You might need to do it publicly so that you have some accountability so that you have a friend or somebody praying with you and somebody staying with you and saying, hey, how are you, how you doing? How are things going there? It'll give you some confidence that somebody else knows that you're struggling with that and I, I want to have victory. And it'll help you to maintain and keep victory. And I'm not saying you need to come up for the whole church, but maybe in a, in, a, in a way what I'm saying publicly is just with, with another brother or sister of Christ, say, hey, I need some help because I've been battling with this and I haven't gotten victory, but I need to be done with it. Because every time I try and take steps for God, I get held back, I get stopped. And this is the area, this is the thing that stops me every time. So deal with it. Cut it off. There are some things that might be offending you. He describes here some weights that you might be carrying around. You know, you might have to forsake some things. Let go of some things that are just weights. Maybe it's not sin. Maybe it's just something you want to gain ground for God. You wouldn't go into battle carrying all, your, your, all of your backpacks and all, all the, every accessory and, you know, carrying a camp stove and a, and a 55-inch flat screen. And a, I mean, you wouldn't go into battle with all that. You'd, you'd get rid of all that weight. And there's some things in your Christian life, if you want to gain ground for God, that for you it's just a weight. Say, this is taking too much of my time. This is taking too much of my focus. This is taking too much of my energy. Maybe you love to read. I'll tell you what, reading's a worthy ambition. Readers are leaders, man, and you ought to be reading. You need to be careful what you read. Read the right things. But maybe, I mean, if you're, if you're reading for hours and hours a day, maybe it's become a weight. Reading's good. But if you're neglecting other things that you should be doing, then it might be bad. You might need to let go of some friends that are just holding you back. Friends that are questioning or keeping you from being all that God wants you to be, from going forward for God and accomplishing what he wants you to. Listen, this is pretty important. Can I tell you one of the biggest reasons that Christians in churches like this one stop gaining ground for God? The reason is, is somewhere along the line, they got offended. Something happened. Somebody said something. 
somebody did something. And I'm not saying that that offense didn't happen or it didn't hurt. But what I'm saying is it stopped you from gaining ground for God. And sometimes you need to just lay aside, let go of that offense. You've allowed that thing to keep you from gaining ground for God for long enough. Philippians 3.13, Brother, and I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. One of the hardest things people ever forget, one of the hardest things you'll ever do is forget an offense, to let go of an offense because it hurt, because it was painful, because it wasn't fair, because it wasn't right. But you're letting that offense keep you from gaining ground for God. You know how many people had to forgive Paul? Who became, you remember he was Saul? But then he became Paul, and then here he was a Christian. And of course, people were afraid to even be around him in the beginning. They're like, wait a minute. Isn't this the guy that used to kill us? He's the guy who used to lock us up? No, they had to forgive him. They had had to forget about all the past offense that he reaped on them. You might have to just let it go. Any of you have someone from years ago that still owes you money? Don't raise your hand. (laughs) I'm just saying, you know, somebody that owes you money? And it's something like that. that, I mean, you can't even mention their name without in your mind saying, nah, that guy's a bum. He doesn't pay his bills. <laughs> he doesn't pay his bills. Yeah, he, he, that guy, uh, you know, that's how an offense gets. Somebody does something in your heart or mind, and it could be 10 years, 15 years later, and you can't hear that name without that offense coming to your heart, and you just, that, that anger coming up. That frustration, that bitterness. You can't ever think of his name without thinking about who they are, about what they've done. You got to forgive them. You got to let it go so that you can continue to gain ground for God. It's holding you back. There's people that are still nursing hurts from 2014 that need to let it go. That need to let it go. That individual hurt has kept them from gaining ground since 2014 till today. You need to let it go. You know that when you don't let it go, unforgiveness always leads to bitterness. You know, some bitterness destroys you. It steals your joy. It robs you of gratitude and thankfulness. You know, some people are so bitter you can't talk to them without getting discouraged yourself. I I remember one lady talking to me about her family and why she was so upset about why her family never came to visit. 
And in my mind, I'm thinking, well, I can tell you why they don't come and visit. <laughs> I mean, you can't say ten things without five of them being negative and derogatory and, and you know, how bad things are. Everybody's done something wrong. Nobody, you know, the, the, the food is no good. The temperature's not right. It's always raining. I always got all these aches and pains. And listen, we all deal with them. But you contrast that spirit with somebody like Dr. Keller. Going through all kinds of stuff. You contrast that with somebody who's still living, Lois Stevens. People love to talk to her. Do you know why? Because she's just got a good thing to say about everybody. I think she could say something good about the devil himself. I think she just, she's just not going to say something bad, something negative. And you know, it's the joy of the Lord that brings that out. But if you're holding on to unforgiveness, bitterness, it'll creep in and you won't even realize you're bitter. But it's like that infection. You get that little, that little splinter. And it doesn't seem like it's that bad, but three or four days later, your finger's swollen up and it's so sensitive to touch and you can't do, I mean, you like, don't touch it. You know, like, that's how you get. People mention something and you say, don't touch that. Don't talk about that. That bitterness has gotten you really sensitive. You've got to let it go. With God's power, you're not going to continue to gain ground for God. You know, it's amazing. You can take, when you allow unforgiveness to set into your heart, it'll take every good thing a person has ever done for you and discard it. We could say, Miss Trudy helped you and your family for 12 years, consistently was a blessing. And then one week she did something that rubbed you the wrong way and got you upset. And all of a sudden you're upset and mad at her. And that bitterness sits in and it, it negates and pushes away 12 years of love and compassion and care that she gave to your family. This happens in churches all the time. And Satan loves it. It keeps the church from moving forward and it keeps individuals from moving forward. You got to let it go if you're going to gain ground for God. And lastly, you need to stay on the offense. Now, this is one of those things that frustrate me about the English language. These two words let go of the offense. And stay on the offense. How can two words that mean the exact opposite type of things actually be spelled the same? That makes no sense. No sense at all. But you'll see in verses 29 through 43, we're not going to take time to read it. But they had won this victory. They had captured and conquered the kings. But then you'll see they continued to gain ground. They continued to move forward for God. They had other battles to fight. They had more ground to gain. They had to stay on the offense. There's really not any retiring on God. As one old preacher said, it's just retreading, amen? You just retread. You don't retire. You just get up and go again. 
They didn't say, okay, it's all, it's all done, we're good. We can just sit back right here and relax. They kept going. Beloved, either we're gaining ground or we're losing ground. As I bring this to a close, we summarize these thoughts tonight. I ask you, are you gaining ground for God? If we're going to continue to gain ground for God, we need to set the objective. You know, when you aim at nothing, you hit it every time. As a Christian, you've got to set the objective. Say, where am I headed? Here, here's some ground I need to gain for God. And that could be in your spiritual life. It could be in uh, letting go of or dealing with some sin or some past offenses. Or how am I going to deal with this? Or how am I going to prepare for that? But set, set the objective. And then slay the opposition. You know the opposition is coming. They're not just going to quit fighting. They're not just going to give up. Your old flesh isn't just going to go away because you decided tonight to get up and have devotions tomorrow. Tomorrow you're going to get up and your body's going to be as tired as it's ever been. Slay the opposition. And then you've got to shed the offenses, those things that offend God or that have offended you, those things that are keeping you back. Whether it's a person or a sin, something holding you. We need to lay it aside. If you're real honest tonight, there's a whole lot of things that we just bring upon ourselves. There's a whole lot of things that we're just carrying on our back and we need to let it go. And then you need to stay on the offensive. Continue to gain ground for God.